Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. Thank you to the voice of Ryan Treasure, longtime colleague at Voice America Radio. We miss you, Ryan. Ryan, as the introducer, I'm Radio Red. Happy to be here. We are live, L-I-V-E. Facebook worked tonight. Everybody on my panel say yay to Facebook. Yay. It worked. We never know when the media is going to be kind to us. So we're live. And hello to everybody watching us on Facebook. And hello, audio-wise, to everybody listening on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This is Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with creatives and I've got a packed house, a panel of four, and wait till you hear their stories. Completely diverse, all over the map in terms of what they do, how they approach life, their career choices, their life choices, and I'm very excited. But before we do anything, if you listen to the show panel, you will know I'm going to, on the count of three, ask you all to join me in saying hello, L-L-L. L. I think you're all up to it. I don't know if Danny, if you went to LLL school, but this is what we do. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Hello, L, L, L. Oh, come on. We can do much better than that. One, two, three. Hello, L, 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 L. 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 Josh, that was one of the worst we've ever had, but I still like these people so they can stay on the show. That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, my most loyal listener. She lives in Whitestone. It starts with an W. We're trying to move her to London, but it was so hot this summer. She said she didn't want to go. So I think we can move her to Larchmont. So it'll be lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener of Larchmont, but she doesn't like Larchmont either. So you can all send in suggestions to move her to a place with an L. It would be fine with me. Today is October 24th, one week away from, oh my goodness, Halloween. Yes, we are doing a show next week. I'm calling the show Out of the Box Creativity because that's what my four special guests are all about. We are in the sign of Scorpio in the Western Zodiac, October 23rd to November 21st. It's the eighth astrological sign, the constellation of Scorpius. If you care, it's from the 210th to the 240th ecliptic longitude. That's all I know. Anybody on the panel is Scorpio? Denny or Al or Karen or Anita, are you a Scorpio? Anybody? Well, I have a special relative in my family who is a Scorpio on November 3rd, and she knows who she is, and I'm inviting her to have a happy birthday, and I will be there with her. So let me tell you a little bit more. Let's see. We have, uh, what day of the year is it here? Let's see. We have, um, I think, 93 da- 68 days left in the year. It's the 43rd Monday. This is the 297th day of the Zodiac of the, I'm sorry, the Gregorian calendar. I always do a shout out to Greg, Gregory, Greg, Grego, whatever his mommy called him when the spaghetti was on the table or whatever they were eating back in the day because we're still using his calendar. Al, wouldn't you love if somebody was still using your calendar hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years later? What an honor that would be. So thank you to Greg. 68 days left, and here's the warning. Al, if you're going to buy something for New Year's Eve to imbibe 
wine, any kind of liquor online, the shelves will be empty soon. Denny, if you're going to be making, if you have a still in the back of your yard and you want to make some bootleg whiskey, you got to start it now. 68 isn't enough. Anita, if you're going to start making Kahlua, homemade Kahlua in the sink in the extra bathroom, you want to make sure the flavors are just perfect. And Karen, I know you're going to have a fabulous punch bowl, but with supply chain issues, you might not be able to get all the soda and the fruits and the rum and everything. So start putting your recipe together. You've all been warned. Special drink for New Year's Eve, 68 days left. Trust me, you're going to need that warning. So let me tell you who on my special panel I have today. We have Al Schnupp, courtesy of Grace McCormick. Al, let me tell you a little bit about him. He retired from the Cal Poly Theater and Dance Department. We've never had anybody from that organization where he designed and or directed only 100 shows and wrote only 100 plays. Al, obviously, (laughs) you've been a slacker. I I don't know. You've you've been a real... a dozen plays. I'm sorry. You've just been a slacker. Al, we can't wait to hear about your creativity. I'm very impressed, and we're delighted you're here tonight. So just oh, give me you. a minute. Thank you. To, thank you. Introduce everybody, and then we'll go around the table. Dr. Anita Knight-Coonley. She is a college counselor. There she is. She's a substance abuse counselor. She's a therapist, and she's the author of The Mr. Rogers Effect. We're going to hear about that. And the co-author of only nine other books. Why are you so lazy, Anita? Honestly, you're you're not doing... I'm only teasing. I'm a big fan. Thank you very much. I'd love to talk with you about the Mr. Rogers effect. We need more kindness, don't we? Be a neighbor. Mm. Yes. Okay. Denny Daniel. Well, I wish I could say he needs no introduction, at least not to me. Denny and I have known each other for over 20 years. He's been a frequent and very popular guest on my television show, Something to Talk About, and the show I did with my late mom, Senior Moments, The Happy Ones. And Denny is the founder, the the ombudsman, the advocate, the traveling maestro, maestro of the Museum of Interesting Things, a traveling interactive demonstration and exhibition of antiques and inventions, and has he got stuff to show us about what people used to buy for toys and communications equipment and, and um, electronic recording devices before we knew we needed them. Denny, welcome. It's so lovely to see you, my dear friend. So many years. And then we have Karen Simmons. Karen, hello. Karen, very important work. She founded Autism Today in 1998, and that's a lot of years ago, bro- broaching on 25 years. The first online global autism resource center what a visionary you were, Karen. 1998 is a lot of years ago. And what's interesting is she worked previously as a gemologist, and she served in the U.S. Air Force. What haven't you done, Karen Simmons? Very, very nice to have you. Wave hello. So that's my show today. Thank you. We're done. Okay, no. Everybody, I'm ready to go around the table. I'm going to put you on speaker view when it's your turn. Let's take about three minutes for a full bio. Mr. Al Schnupp, welcome. Delighted to have you. Would you please tell us what have you done with your life, Al? What's this creativity coming out of your pores? Go ahead. You're up. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I always have to have a project, just constantly. So uh, after teaching theater for 30 years, uh, I decided to retire, but I needed a couple projects. Uh, so I decided to take a play that I wrote 20 years ago and turn it into a novel and take a screenplay that I wrote 30 years ago and take that into a novel. So uh, the retirement bell rang and I sat at my uh, uh, computer and began the process. And it was really, really interesting to to work in a new format. And uh, the result has been two books, uh, Zero 
and uh, goods and effects. One is almost autobiographical, but not really. And the other is a, a political farce, completely made up, invented words, uh, crazy characters, uh, just a lot of fun. Al, what got you into, and by the way, is somebody hitting something? We're hearing a bang, bang, bang on a desk somewhere. We're hearing clack, 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 clack. So, <laughs> Okay, thank you. Al, what got you into plays and what got you into theater? I want just a little more about what got you started in that creative path, Al? Boy, that's so hard uh, to say. Uh, I was raised as a Mennonite and uh, sort of, uh, no television, uh, didn't go to the movies, uh, but went to a public high school. And boy, when they showed a film, I was intrigued. I was very intrigued. Uh, I'm surprised to this day, my parents allowed me to try out for a play at the high school, which I did. Uh, and I got hooked uh, from a very young age. Well, very interesting. Well, I'm a little bit of a playwright myself, and maybe we can talk another time, but I've written three romantic comedies, and I went online. I said, how do you write a play? What's the font? What's the spacing? How do you introduce a character, a scene? And I sat down from 1 to 4 a.m. three nights in a row and wrote a 30-minute play and produced it on my TV show in, in Great Neck with community actors, and it was just a blast. And years later, I offered the script to a group I was teaching, something called a, a comedy cold, cold reading salon, Al. I got a bunch of people together in my community in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. They said, you want to cold read scripts and interpret them? I put a bunch of Roald Dahl plays and monologues, dialogue scenes on the table. I said, pick something up off the table. Look at it for five minutes. Somebody raised their hand. Good, you're up. Well, one of my scripts for my plays was on the table and somebody read the first scene. I was falling over myself laughing and I said, what is that? And then I looked at it, it was my, my script, my play. And, and I, was, I was excited because I said it was really good. So sometimes you see things, right, Al, in a different light and you just love them. Thank you so much. Anita, you're up next, my dear. Please introduce yourself. Go ahead. Hi there. Thank you so much, uh, Red, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you. Um, I am a college professor by day. I train counselors and psychologists, but my other passions are writing, research, and uh, ballroom dance. Um, my most creative book, I think, is uh, my most recent book. It's called The Mr. Rogers Effect, Seven Secrets to Bring Out the Best in Yourself and Others from America's Beloved Neighbor. Uh, just really inspired to hear how Mr. Rogers uh, died nearly 20 years ago, and yet um, we're still hearing about him. He's uh, being portrayed on the big screen with Tom Hanks and uh, credited with saving public television and so many other accomplishments. Um, and so that was my first time you know, writing a trade book that was not necessarily an educational book. Uh, and I just, uh, exciting news, I just submitted my manuscript for my next book. So hopefully that will be coming out soon. A little bit of an editing process in store. Thank you. Thank you. What's it about? Um, it is about the science of attachment theory, um, the relationship science, if you will. Uh, there's basically, you know, four different uh, relationship styles or attachment styles, and everybody has one. It's about identifying your style and how to uh, optimize uh, your style and recognize how you interact with others. It's sort of where the five love languages meets the Enneagram, uh, and it gives you a, a language to describe uh, how you interact in relationships uh, when your attachment system is activated. But it's all based on the ancient science of attachment theory. 
And Anita, do we get to pick our attachment style or is it something that we're born with and uh, nature nurture that combination that molds us into who we are over the years? Is it something that it is what it is? Or could I say, oh, I don't like my attachment style. I think I'll change it tomorrow. Is it something we can change? Yes, that is actually the great news is that you, you know, we don't necessarily pick it out of the gate. We we respond to our environment and uh, we're, we're so adaptive. We, we adapt and develop a style based on what's required of us, but you're not stuck with the style you have for life. I know, yeah, I think it was last week you talked with guests on your uh, panel about neuroplasticity and uh, how we can change and grow and, uh, you know, experience the benefits of things like meditation. But it's the same with attachment. We are not stuck with the style that we have. We can learn to optimize that and become more secure in our attachments. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. And let's go around. Denny Daniel, you're up. Denny, I'm putting you on speaker view. Tell everybody what I already know about you, a little bit about the museum, and you can hold up a couple things if you'd like to. Go ahead, Denny. Welcome. So, hi. It is great to see you again, Red. You look wonderful. Thank I you. I miss you. And uh, so, I she's known me forever. Uh, I do the Museum of Interesting Things, which is a traveling museum. It goes to schools and libraries and all over the country and on Zoom now and shows people that their iPhones didn't pop out of thin air. It came, <laughs> from, a long, came from a long line of inventions. Uh, so there's thousands of items in the museum. We don't have a show long enough in the world for, to show all of them. But one of my favorite is the Thomas Edison records that we have. And I've got over 300 records. Those are the first records. Wow. And then I do a lot of shows you on in 3D. So I brought you some of the 3D pictures yes. that I have. Is that a that Stereopticon? Tele- Stereopticon, you use that? Stereopticon, right. Okay, and right. Stereo view. That's Ellis Island, where I, I worked uh, for like five years. And of course, the Flatiron Building in 3D. You get my pun there, right? Flatiron yes. 3D. Yeah, got it, got it. <laughs> and of course, Grant's Tomb. And you know who was buried in Grant's Tomb? Was anyone... <laughs> oh, that's one of the oldest ones. Al, Al, answer him. You're old enough to answer. Him. Ahead, Al. <laughs> would, would that be Wilson? <laughs> you know that nobody, nobody was buried in Grant's tomb. It's a mausoleum. It's above ground, so there was no burying going on. Um, it's a, Tricky. It's a, Marx, it's a Groucho Marx joke from long ago. Oh, that's funny. Got, got anything else, Danny? You want to show us one or two more? Let's see. I've got something cool here. This is the machine that you would have put those in. Yeah. So you would put them inside here and then move it back and forth. And then I got a very special surprise for you. I brought something you will probably never get to see again. This is an actual jacket from a suffragette. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Really? Yes. That is the militant version, which is the British style the the americans were more white dresses and all that because they felt you get more bees with honey the british were more like the clash they wanted to shake things up and do a little punk rock so they were more militant (laughs) (laughs) and and karen got that one okay very interesting probably fit this I, I, not anymore, but I did when you knew me in New York. Denny, thank you very much. Just tell us, how did you get started when you founded the Museum of Interesting Things? What, what, what idea popped into your head that got you started on this very interesting journey? Denny? 
I've been working for so many different corporations and places, and I always tell people there's two impetus for people starting anything, like everyone on the panel. Usually it's a passion for something. And the second thing is usually bad bosses. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a creative way of looking at it. <laughs> Anita can appreciate that in terms of relationships, right? Denny, thank you. We'll hear more from you later. Welcome. I'm so happy to see you, truly and, and seriously. Karen Simmons, it's your turn, my friend. Would you please tell us? I, I know about autism today, but you have to please tell us about being a gemologist and serving sure. in the U.S. military. Come on, Karen, go ahead. Thank you, Red. Yes, I'm so excited to be on the show. Um, I started out, my mom was worked for Pan Am and my dad was an aeronautical engineer. So we got to travel around the world a lot. And I became a gemologist because I fell in love with gems and my sister fell in love with dolls. So she collected the dolls. She doesn't have the dolls, but I have the gems. So I used to travel around and go to all these different countries and find the sparkle everywhere. And um, I, I found the gyms, of course, in the kids with autism, too. But I, I used to really get excited by finding all these different places to go. And, of course, you go traveling and you find those things instead of the bad things. You find all the good things. <laughs> and the creativity is what gets me up in the morning. And it's what um, what what I live for. And right now, um, what we're doing, um, which is another creative project, is we're building out a program for the School of Rock. Um, <laughs> which is really there. real keep, keep talking I want to hear this go ahead it's a it's a program for the school of rock um, which they're based based in Texas and what it's for is to teach the music teachers how to teach kids with autism and neurodiversity um, you know how to interact with um, the students better so that they can enjoy and appreciate the music so, I mean, it, I just love it. I wake up in the morning and, you know, we jump in and, and work on this whole process. So, like, I love creativity. It just, it motivates me. It, it excites me. And we're putting, taking the pictures out of my book and putting them in this, in this presentation. And then my grandmother was an opera singer. So we're putting some of the slides to do with that in there. And, you know, just pulling the harmony and the, like, all the pieces together. And it just, I, I love it. <laughs> Thank you very much. And what did you do in the military? You were in the service. What did you do? I worked in the hospital and I worked as a lifeguard. And my that was that was really, really fun too, because my uniform was a green bikini and a whistle. <laughs> Al can appreciate that, right? Okay. Well, we all can. Yeah. I still have the whistle. <laughs> I want to ask what happened to the bikini. Fascinating. Karen, thank you very much. I, I am a product. I'm a drummer for the past couple of years, and I took my first drum lesson at the School of Rock in uh, oh. Cary near Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, about four years ago. And I signed up for a free 30-minute lesson, and I sat down and I said, what do I do? They said, well, you pick up a stick in each hand, and there's the yeah. pedal. I said, I can't make anything coordinate. How do I hit the stick, push the pedal? take the left foot what do I do and after 30 minutes I said sign me up and then <laughs> two weeks later I said you know what am I gonna do with this 
I want to play. And they said, well, we have an adult band and they're rehearsing for a show. So I said, sign me up for it. So another 45 bucks a week and traveling in all kinds of rain and snow. It was North Carolina rain at, at six o'clock at night, getting home at 10 on a work night. And I joined the adult band and they were very mean to me. They didn't, they weren't very welcoming. I'd been taking lessons for five weeks. Oh, and, yeah. and they said to me, design the end of the song. I said, what are you talking about? I'm hitting the sticks. What are you? What? And they said, well, the song goes on forever and nobody wants to hear 20 choruses. It was an Aerosmith song. They said, you tell us where you want to end it and signal them. I said, can't one of the singers do it? They said, no, you're the drummer. You set the pace and you end the song. So I went home. I found the sheet music. I said, oh my God, what do I do? And I practiced and I came to the lesson. I said, okay, on the third chorus, I'm going to do this with my right stick and that's going to be the final. And they agreed. Well, the miracle was that we performed at a place called, um, I want to say, uh, I can't remember a place in downtown Raleigh. Uh, it had a stage and it was standing with bleachers and all the adults came. There were nine bands starting with uh, nine year olds through the adult band, two adult bands. There were nine, there were 12, there were 14, 18, a whole bunch of bands. And so my band was on stage and I had three numbers and the first number, it was Aerosmith Dream On. What a song. I never knew what Aerosmith was until I went to join the band. And I'm playing and for the first time, this was unbelievable to me. One of the lead guitars turned around, looked at me at the last note, raised his guitar in the air and I raised my sticks and we came down at exactly the same moment on his last note and my last drum. Oh, my God. Anita could have, yes, you could have. And I said, finally, I'm in the band. Isn't that something? (laughs) I'm in the band. I made it. And then my drum teacher, the band teacher who refused to call me by my first name, he'd say, her, she can do it. She can play it. Her, ask her. He (laughs) So he's on stage and and he's filling in on one of the songs I didn't know. So he broke a stick and he (laughs) looks over at me and he beckons to me and he says my name bring me a stick. So I walked over with my extra sticks and I gave it to him. I said, here you go. And he said, thank you. And I said, I have arrived. He remembered my name. <laughs> it was just too much fun. Anyway, and then I, I played with a, a Motown style band in my community and I started a couple of bands of my own and I brought my drums here too to Teleco Village, Loudoun, Tennessee. And I met some people who have a, she sings, the wife sings, the husband plays ukulele, and they have a friend with the guitar and they're doing blues. And they said, I said, would you like a drummer? And they said, yes. So I'm gonna invite them to my house this week. So there, I wanna play drums again, there we go. So Karen, thank you very much. Thank you all for very interesting intros. Before the show, I'm, I'm so excited here. Before the show, sorry about that. I get all, all weepy here when I have wonderful guests, which is every week, so there's always Kleenex nearby. I asked each of you to please send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or from a song lyric that has nothing to do with creativity. After all, how many songs say, yes, creativity, ha, ha, ha. Nobody does that. Al, you and I have to write a song about creativity. So uh, I've asked you to do, and you're going to relate the quote to the topic. So Al, I'm looking what you sent me. This is very interesting. This is a very serious one. This is Evan Hansen, played by Ben Platt, 
to the ghost of Connor Murphy, played by Colton Ryan, the mu- the musical, American Coming of Age musical. I saw it at uh, DPAC in Durham several years ago, 2021, <clears throat> Dear Evan Hansen. It's a, it's a very serious, very sad play. But the quote is, did you fall or did you let go? I'm not going to explain it, but Al, please rescue me. How does this relate to creativity? Go ahead. Denny gets, he knows what the play is. Go okay, ahead, Al. Okay. Is it okay if I take off my my? Yeah, ear? please. Sure. Oh, good. Sure. This sounds so much more natural for me. Go ahead. Uh, well, uh, Evan Hansen is um, is a troubled child, and he's in therapy, and and it's really possible that he he's considering committing suicide. Uh, but he also um, finds solace in going into the woods, and uh, uh, he is in. He has climbed a tree, and he has fallen out. And we don't know, at some point, a character says to him, did you fall or did you let go? And when I heard that line, I just had chills up and down my spine. It was the perfect line at the perfect time because it's loaded with authentic directness. There's mystery there. And I think mystery is so important as a writer to have to let the audience solve some problems and just go to the edge, back off and then let the audience step in and take over. Uh, but, but that line um, just really struck me as full of uh, mystery, dichotomy, which I think is a huge part of creativity, linking mm-hmm. the left and the right. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, Joni Mitchell, when she sang at the Newport mm-hmm. Festival and sang both sides now, yes. you know, you, you say, how did a woman that young be that smart to say, I've looked at love from both sides. Uh, I looked at life and I really don't know life at all. Uh, And again, that sense of mystery. Um, So that that quote just, uh, and there are many I have from, from plays, but that one immediately popped out as a, as a line that I say, God, I wish I had written that because it's damn good. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're right. Creativity, there's always even, and I did stand-up comedy for many years, and there's raising the bar, getting the interest to another level, right? Mm-hmm. Just nodding. Getting that joke to go to the next level where it will pique the audience interest and keep them coming back and thinking what's what's next. Thank you very much, Al. Very thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nita, we're looking at a quote here from Anne with an E, Anne of Green Gables, played by Amy Beth McNulty, 2017 Canadian made for TV drama series on Netflix, loosely adapted, of course, from Lucy Maud Montgomery's 1908 classic children's literature, Anne of Green Gables. 13-year-old orphan, orphan Anne Shirley lives in servitude, ooh, with the cruel Hamlin fa- Hammond family in Nova Scotia. Pretty place, but not a good life. After Mr. Hammond dies, she's sent back to the orphanage and learns ado- she's adopted by a family in Prince Edward Island, arriving at Avonlea. She is met at the train station by the elderly Matthew Cuthbert, who is surprised because... He and his sister Marilla wanted a boy to help on the farm, and Anne was sent by mistake. So the line is, I'm so glad I live in a world where there are Octobers. And how nice you're on a show before the end of October, Anita. So there you go. Anita, please explain what this has to do with creativity. Can't wait for this one. Go ahead. Well, you read it so well. Mm-hmm. I, it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful line. And that's pure coincidence, isn't it? That uh, uh, <laughs> this line fit so well with us us being in October. But, um, you know, Anne is, of course, a fictional character. And she has really um, demonstrated so much resilience. Uh, she was born into some of the toughest of circumstances. She underwent so much trauma. 
uh, she struggled so much in her life. However, she had this capacity to look around with a sense of awe and wonder and to perceive beauty all over. And, you know, um, I'm in Florida now, but you know, I've lived in Virginia and other places and the fall is such a beautiful time and you see the leaves changing and, and the bright colors. And when I, when I think about creativity, I think about the creator, you know, the base word of creativity, the, the creator. The, um, and so for, for me as a, as a person of faith, that's uh, God. And so um, that just points to, to me uh, how creation points back to the creator. And uh, I find it so, so inspiring that we can, you know, the weather might be bitterly cold outside, depending on where you are, but there's still beauty to be found. And we can still appreciate what we're surrounded with. And I think when we see things with new eyes, uh, that's what helps us find that that creativity. And, you know, um, I've been studying Mr. Rogers and writing about him, of course. And one of the things that he talked about is how he believed that appreciation was a holy thing. And he believed when we looked at our neighbors with eyes that search for the good in them, that we're doing what God does, because that's how he looks at us with his eyes of love. And I think in terms of creativity, part of it is all in the way we perceive things and, and how, mm -hmm. we, how we look at things. Um, and so uh, the way that Anne could just look at the world and say, you know, I'm so glad I live in a world where there are Octobers. Um, nice. I, I just find it inspiring. A lot of, a lot of implications, aren't there, Al, in, in terms of let the audience solve what she means by mm -hmm. that. Let us all think what October means to us. Very well done. Thank you, Anita. Yeah. Denny Daniel, what, we got some pretty serious fictional characters here today. Oh, my goodness. And Danny is quoting uh, Adrian Cronauer, played by the late, very wonderful Robin Williams. Oh, I think we all miss him. Of course, the movie is Good Morning Vietnam, 1987 American war comedy film. And interestingly enough, most of Williams' portrayals of Cronauer's radio broadcasts were improv and he won a Golden Globe Award for Best Actor, Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And the film is number 100 on the American Film Institute's 100 mm -hmm. Years, 100 Laughs in Cinema. I guess you knew that, Denny. Here's the line. I hope I say it right, Denny. I've been practicing this all week. Good morning, Vietnam. Um, did I do it okay, Denny? <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> How in the world did you pick this for creativity, Denny? Get me out, get me out of this hole. Go ahead. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. So I picked that. And ironically, you would think, what's going on? Which, uh, you know, immediately read, emailed me and said, what are you talking about? But the truth is, the whole point of that movie was creativity. Um, I DJed on seven radio stations before I did the Museum of Interesting Things and the whole beauty and it was all underground radio. And this wasn't. This was a military radio station that he was on and, it, and they had rules. This is the Vietnam War. It's a very, very serious time. And, and they wanted him to be playing this kind of music and saying this kind of news. And he had to follow the rules. And he did none of that. Um, and, and he went and he played rock and roll when it was not allowed. And he and he had this great ad libs that were amazing and fun. And and then they do a movie about it and they pick Robin Williams, of all people, who is a 
who is the god of creativity and 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 ad lib, and he's going and literally ad libbing the whole show, which is ironic because that's what this DJ did, and they were tr- constantly trying to hold back his creativity, and he was trying to bring it out there and tell people not just to be creative, but also to give truth, <coughs> to tell the news of what was actually going on in Vietnam and not what the military was trying to make you re- think was going on. So it had two sides of, of creativity. A, the, you know, the, the lovely you know, creative radio broadcast and the music he played and the ad-libbing, but also the fact that he was bringing the truth out to the public through his radio broadcast. So uh, I, I realized this is the absolute perfect, um, you know, quote and movie and the fact that Robin Williams portrayed it. And as a creative myself, the whole point of what all of us do is to teach people to be creative and to open their minds. And sometimes you have to bend the rules a little bit and you, sometimes you have to go outside of the box, but that's how things happen. That's how Absolutely. things change. And that's why I'm calling this episode Out of the Box Creativity, Denny. Thank you very much. Uh, very interesting. Well, these, these quotes are from very serious movies, but they're all damn good. So thank mm. you very much. See, I'll put you all to the task of explaining them. Karen Simmons, let's go to you. The character is Isabella Madrigal, voiced by Diane Guerrero. The movie is Encanto. We're a little more modern here. 2021 computer animated musical fantasy comedy film. They put so many genres together here. It's musical it's fantasy it's funny it's a film it's computer it's animate what don't we have in here tragedy good let's skip that one for a change here uh, i thought it was interesting that um the original songs were by lynn manuel miranda which is wonderful and the cast was amazing of the voiceovers john legazamo was in the cast and i didn't re- remember didn't mention i'm sorry didn't recognize too many but wilmer valderrama is in it and he's on tuesday night ncis and he's so good looking and so sexy. And I can't, I can't imagine what his voice was for this one. So here is the character Isabella says the following. Can't wait to hear this one, Karen. I'm tired of perfect. I want real. Okay, Karen, you're up. Where'd you find this one? It's another gem. Talk to me. Well, it is a gem. And what I love about this whole animation is the playfulness and the the, rela- the joyous characters in it. The, I mean, everything is just so wonderful. And I mean, it is. It's about letting go of the perfection and the rigidity and the structure that, that we all hold, that we all have a lot of times and just being real and open and and flexible and honest and caring and kind and and letting letting things be and going with the flow and that's where the creativity happens is when we go with the flow and just let let it happen Mm. I know a lot of my writing is in the middle of the night at two o'clock in the morning you know (laughs) and I have to get up and get that pen or in the shower you know and it's it's when I'm not being exactly perfect and I'm not like feeling feeling like I have a corset on it's (laughs) you know what I mean it's just letting things be and and um being real being real yeah and that was actually my first password when i got a password back in the day in computer computer um, worlds you know when that was my first password was being real 
Really? Very interesting. Well, thank you. It's a lovely quote. It's a, who did we lose? We lose, we lost, Danny, there you are, you're back. Okay, thank you all for doing the work, for picking the quotes. I appreciate the thought mm-hmm. you all put into it. Let's go to the creativity statements. I'm going to pick one for each of you. You each sent me four. I'm going to pick one that I like, that I think would fit most appropriately to where we are in the show. And I'll read it. Al, I'm reading your fourth one. You don't have to look it up. I'll read it. But I'm just going to read the first line because I thought it was very interesting. I'll pick one for you, Anita, one for Denny, and one for Karen. And I'll read them. So don't go looking for them. Al's first line of his statement number four is, whenever I direct a play, I consider it my job to add my own fingerprint to the production. Very interesting. Al, talk for about two minutes. I want to make sure we fit everything in. We're running a little, little long here. Go ahead. Uh, well, I think it's a real cop out to try and duplicate a show, the, the the show that maybe you saw on Broadway or or elsewhere. It has to have your heart, your point of view, uh, your emotional context. So, um, for example, uh, I love the Greek plays, and there's a play called Hecuba, and she was the queen of Troy. She had fifty children. They're all dead but two, and one is being taken as a slave back, and her youngest son, she just discovers, uh, has been murdered for money. And she approaches the king, Agamemnon, and she says something to the effect, if I could become all speech, if my hands could talk, if there could be tongues in my arms, and she goes, on and on talking about every being, fiber, cell of her body crying out, this is what she would say, have revenge for me. And when I read that, I said, oh my God, the connection is let's do this show in sign language. You know, if every part of my body could speak and sign language is so beautiful and it adds another layer. So that was one way of trying to get my my, my fingerprint uh, and my take on that particular play. Uh, another one I think of is um, uh, Antigone, who says, uh, you know, her, her, her two brothers are fighting on different sides of the conflict. And she says to King Creon, all men are brothers. And it's a real act of civil disobedience. And it's an act of love. And when I read that play, I said, wouldn't it be wonderful to take letters that were at, left at the wall at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial and juxtapose them, slide them into the play. So you, you have some action to play, you read a letter, some more action, read a letter. Uh, and, you know, I got permission to use uh, the letters. But again, it's, I guess, uh, my way of saying what... What can I what what can I see, and then re-see it or look at it in a new light, and and how can I combine two different things to uh, to make something new? And for me, that's creativity: combining two two things, two ideas that haven't been linked before. Thank you, Al. That is one of the cores of creativity is doing something that hasn't been done before. And when I was directing my plays with my community theater actors, I had never directed anything like that before. And I found myself interpreting what I had written through their voices, through their skills, their styles, and trying to help mold the characters without overriding them, without saying, don't do this, don't do that, but how about? And collaborating with them on where I thought the character should go and what they were capable of, but where they 
they thought. And there were discussions about it. I had never experienced that before. I put myself in the position of I'm directing this play and I'll tell you what I wrote, but let's see where you want to take it. Very interesting process. I would like to do it again sometime. Okay, let's go to Anita. I'm looking at your statement three and four. I think they go together beautifully. Keep it to about two, two and a half minutes because I want to make sure. Oh, we're running a little bit long. We have so much interesting stuff to talk about. That's the okay. Anita says, I often remind myself when trying to get into the creative flow of writing that you cannot edit a blank page. So the most important thing is to start and know that it's okay if it's not perfect. And then she says, white space often leads to creativity. I put those two together, Anita. I thought they went beautifully. Anita, take about two minutes. Explain to me, what does this mean? Well, I think, uh, and hopefully you all can relate, um, but not too much, right? Because I think all creatives have experienced writer's block or some sort of block to creativity where maybe you feel stuck or you're not sure where to go with something or um, you're concerned that it's not as good as you would like it to be. And even even Mr. Rogers experienced that. And uh, he, he documented it in his memo and questioning whether he would be able to go on with the scripts that he was writing. Um, and he later on came back with a follow-up and, and said, uh, you know, paraphrasing, basically, you know, it wasn't easy, but it was good. And to not ever let anyone convince uh, anyone else that that it's always easy. And so I, I often try to remind myself that just start, you know, work on the first draft and you'll continue editing it and it will get better and better. And, uh, but you, you have to start somewhere. And if you, um, you know, ever worry about failing or, or producing something that's not as, as good as you would like it to be, um, then you can know that a, a surefire way to fail is never to start or begin. So if you're going to, you know, so this is me kind of giving, I give myself a pep talk, right? So just start, just start writing, um, putting the words on paper, um, putting the content out there, and then you can edit that. And um, the white space, uh, the idea that white space leads to creativity, the second part, that's actually uh, secret number three from the Mr. Rogers effect. And um, it was inspired by one of Mr. Rogers' favorite quotes um, from a children's book uh, written by, uh, uh, you could probably pronounce this uh, well, Fred, because I read, excuse me, because I, <laughs> I never took French, but by uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. Saint-Exupéry. Antoine Saint-Exupéry. Yes. The little prince, le petit prince, right? Yes. Said okay. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Very, very interesting comments. Um, I'm thinking of two quotes that come to mind. Number one is Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, mm. right? Everybody remember mm -hmm. that? And Yoda, do or do not, there is no try, right? right? Mm -hmm. No try. Mm -hmm. The light switch is on or off off. When I was a early woman in tech, that's one of my his historical notes in my career, early woman in tech. And I was learning binary. Uh, anyway, it's either a one or a zero. There's no halfway. It's either on or it's off. Get over it. Thank you very much, Anita. <laughs> I appreciated that. I'm going to Denny. Denny, I'm combining all four of yours because they go together in their brief. So you say creativity is learning new things. It's being curious. It's being positive. But here's the click all together. Creativity is hearing all sides completely and learning everyone's concern. And that allows you to do something in creative. I try to be all of the above as best as I can. Denny, talk to me. So yeah, it's that 
that youth that people have when you're, you know, if you keep that, that, that positivity, that creativity, that, that always being curious. Um, I think when, you know, creatives, um, they end up uh, aging a lot slower. <laughs> you know, they end up being, you know, five-year-olds forever, so to say. Um, and that keeps you creative, keeps you open-minded and allows you to, think outside of the box and think of uh, different ways of doing things. And it's that, it's that youth that you'll see someone 90 years old that's a painter and creative, but they have this youthfulness in there and glow. That's because they have that, they, they kept that childhood uh, creativity and positivity alive, that curiosity alive. Thank you. Very, very well put. Yes, I remember when my daughter was five, I got a note from her kindergarten teacher. Anita, you're going to appreciate this. And she said, she, I won't give her a name because she doesn't let me talk about her on the radio. She said, she's coloring outside of the line. She needs remedial drawing class. <laughs> and I said, excuse me? She's coloring outside of the lines. It's a problem. Well, my daughter went on to become a very talented artist and a brilliant doctor. And when she was in high school and in college taking biology topics, she illustrated all of her notebooks with the most detailed, wonderful. And I have paintings here that I framed when she was 13, 14, 15, 16, mm. 17 in acrylics that are huge paintings that I put nice frames around. And I cherish those because she had an eye for abstract art and vivid colors. And damn, there were no lines to color out of because the whole canvas was the line, right? Right <laughs> off the edge. Damn it. What can I tell you? Thank you very much. Let's go to Karen. I'm going to combine your statements one and four. I like them together. Karen, you say creativity is bringing the sparkle out of the star. That's number one. Never heard that before. Isn't that beautiful, Denny? Denny closed his eyes on that one. That got to him. And then you say, creativity is the paintbrush for humanity. And my palette, says Karen Simmons, is filled with colors, musical notes, poetry, words, and everything I can imagine. Karen, that's beautiful. That's really lovely. I just talk mostly about the sparkle out of the star. What does that mean? I love it. Well, as a gemologist, what I would do at conferences when I did my autism conferences is I'd pass out star sapphires to the audience and I would take pass out little flashlights and I would have everybody take the flashlight and shine it on the star. And with the star, you know, there's inclusions inside of the stars. And like with people, there's inclusions inside of people. And when you shine the light on the star, you see the star come out of the star. You don't see it without the light. So I would challenge people to find the star in the star sapphire and you know, see the beauty that's inside the star. And without shining the light on the star, they won't see it. But if they shine the light on it and, you know, to bring the star out, then they'll see the beauty that's inside of it, the magic that's inside of the star. And talk about the paintbrush for humanity is creativity. I love that one too. Very yeah. poetic. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, um, it's finding the beauty, the kindness, the gifts, the, the color, the, the magic, the, um, the music, the talent, and everything that's in all, in all people finding the, the gifts and everything that, that's around all of us for all people. Um, it, that's what we're all about, you know, find, find all these beautiful things that they have inside of them. And that is the paintbrush for humanity. 
Thank you. That's lovely. I, I recently had a couple guests on the show tell me they never thought of themselves as creatives until I met them, for example, at the Publicity Summit. I said, you're a creative person. They said, but I never thought of myself as creative. I said, did you come with a handbook or a manual when you were born? Did anything tell you exactly what to do, how to live your life, the choices you made? No. Well, we're all creating. And when I learned improv from some of the, the big, big names in improv and stand-up comedy, I realized I'm, I'm not reading a script right now. Al, I'm doing improv talking to you. I'm looking at you and you're improving your smile back to me. And Anita is explaining things. She, I don't see you reading a script. And Denny is saying, look what I've got for you. And he's explaining. It's his knowledge. It's his passion. We're all improving life. That means we're all creative. We're just creating one step at a time, one day at a time. That's why I love talking to creators. Before I get all weepy here, let's move on. Thank you all for the statements. I appreciate that very much. I learned something from my guests every week, but I want to tell you there was a lady about two months ago who called it courageous creativity. What do you think about that? Mm. When you're really living a creative life, it's courageous. I thought that, Al, you like that one? I like it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's got a, it's got some moxie behind it. There we go. I have some famous birthdays. Let's do these. If you know who these are, just say happy birthday or make a quick comment. Kevin Klein, the actor. Come on. He was in Sophie's Choice. <laughs> he won an Oscar yeah. for Best Supporting Actor for A Fish Called Wanda. We all know that. He was in The Big Chill. He was in Silverado. He was in Dave. He was in French Kiss, The Ice Storm, Wild Wild West, The Conspirator, and Beauty and the Beast. He's narrated The Hunchback. Anyway, Kevin Klein. What a guy. Do you know that he was a voice for an, the animated comics, comedy series Bob's Burgers? And there's something called the Bob's Burger movies movie. And he's he's a voiceover in that. Who, who knew? Uh, Drake. Everybody knows the, the rapper Drake. Anita, you know, mm -hmm. the, OK. And now, yes, everybody. Yeah. Anybody know his real name? I do. No. His real name is Aubrey Drake Graham. Interesting. And do you know that he played basketball player Jimmy Brooks on the TV series Degrassi, The Next Generation? I had no idea. Okay, Zach Posen, the uh, fashion designer. It, oh, by the way, Drake is 36, Kevin Klein is 75, Zach Posen, the fashion designer, is 42. Not a lot of really well-known famous people born today, but I have four YouTube people whose names are very interesting, and wait till you hear what they have done. So there's a gentleman who's 32 today, happy birthday, named PewDiePie, P-E-W. <laughs> P-E-W-D-I-E-P-I-E. -E. His real name is Felix Arvad Ulf Kjellberg. Okay. He is a Swedish YouTuber known for his Let's Play videos and comedy formatted shows. One of the most noted online personalities and content creators. So, Denny, we're going to change our name to PewDiePie 2 and 3. Okay, that's what we're going <laughs> to do. Now, I have a gentleman who's 25 whose name is Crank Gameplays, C-R-A-N-K. And what's interesting about him is he only has 2.1 million subscribers. <laughs> and his most popular video that got him there with 2 million views, Al, I really want you to listen to this. The title of his video that got him the stardom is mm -hmm. I, got, I Got My Wisdom Teeth Removed. <laughs> 2 million views. Okay, Al, what, what are we doing wrong? Seriously. <laughs> then I have a young man who's 18 today, whose real name is Robbie Novak, but he goes by Kid President. Uh, Rain Wilson from The Office promoted this young man on his website, and then he started his own channel called Soul Pancake. Okay, I hope you're all sitting down, Anita, especially you. Uh, he had a video called A Pep Talk from Kid President to You, and it's had 47 million views. 
Oh. Are there that many people watching YouTube? <laughs> I, did, I, did, I didn't know. Unless I didn't put the period in the right place, it's 4.7, but heck, that's pretty good anyway. I read 40, 47 million. And then we have uh, an English tech guru called Mr. Who's the Boss? M-R-W-H-O-S-E-T-H-E-B-O-S-S. He's 26. He's all grown up. He's a tech guru and he has a YouTube channel. He gives tech reviews, advice, personal testimonials for all brands of smartphones, cameras, and game setups. He won the 2021 Streamy Award. I don't know what that means. He started posting at age 15. Okay. Al, we're starting this really late. We are, Karen, obviously. (laughs) In November 2021, I don't know what this means. He started on Instagram. He received 90,000 hearts. I don't even know what these are. I need to know what these are on a paid partnership post with the Snapdragon Tech Company. What is 90,000 hearts? Is that love hearts? Those are likes probably? Yeah, yeah. Likes. 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 Likes, okay. ninety More than 90,000. Denny, when was the last time you had 90,000 followers? Uh, (laughs) Karen, Karen, have you sold 27 million books? I'm sorry. I, I, I read, I read, I had a guy uh, from YouTube had a a, a birthday a couple weeks ago, read it on my show and he posts slime videos. He's something like 35 million views slime. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, what are we, the five (laughs) of us doing wrong in our culture? Uh, We've got four minutes left to the show. I want, Oh, by the way, let's see. uh, It's national for you. It's, What's that? Go ahead. Birthday for you, uh, the girl that I'm seeing, Abigail, who's an art historian, was born today. <gasps> Mazel Tov and oh. happy birthday to Abigail. Everybody, happy birthday to happy Abigail. Birthday. There we go. Happy <laughs> birthday, Abigail. Thank you. She should have made a cameo. By the way, today in musical history, in 1818, Felix Mendelssohn, the composer, if anybody remembers, we weren't around, he performed his first public concert in Berlin at the age of nine. Talk about starting early. And Benny Goodman recorded something called Let's Dance on this day in 1939. That's all I can tell you. It's National Bologna Day, named after the lunch meat and the city of Bologna. They call it mortadella. It's sausage with lard and peppercorns. I used to eat bologna with mayonnaise and lettuce on a piece of white bread with the crust removed when mom packed my plaid lunchbox for element. Yeah, I know. Every day, bologna, lettuce, mayonnaise on white bread. I didn't have a lot of variety. It's National Elizabeth Day. That means if you know anybody who's named Elizabeth, you have to celebrate her. I was trying to get my mortgage for my new house a couple of weeks ago, and uh, one of the young ladies on the trying to give me a routing and ABA number for the proceeds from the house I was selling. Her name was Amanda, and it was a, a Thursday. And I said, Amanda, on my radio show Monday night, it was National Amanda Day. And she said, what's that? And I said, back in the 18 and 1900s, writers, poets, playwrights were having a lot of characters named Amanda, because it was such, and then I said, popularity rose in the early 1900s, and then it fell, and now you're number 338, and she said, oh, gee, thanks for telling me. Anyway, I had to share my (laughs) Amanda, so today is Elizabeth Day, you have to find somebody. It's also National Bat Appreciation Week, like... I know, I know. Uh, focuses on different bat causes. I didn't know there were causes. Education and conservation. A bat is one of the oldest living mammals. Mammals goes back 50,000 years. Is that possible? Mm-hmm. Anyway, bad. To, yeah, okay. We're batting 1,000 on that one. Neither am I. <laughs> Let's quickly, a website for each of you where you want people to go. Al, I'm starting with you real fast. Where do you want people to go to learn more? www.playsanddesigns.com. 
plays and designs. P-L-A-Y-S-A-N-D-D-E-S-I-G-N-S dot com. Got it? Yep. There you go. I can still spell. Anita, where do you want people to go? It's uh, DrAnitaKoonley.com. And Coonley is K-U-H-N-L-E-Y. I'll spell it. Wait a minute. D-R-A-N-I-T-A-K-U-H-N-L-E-Y.com or... Or uh, Instagram at the dot empathetic dot counselor. There you go. And you can all spell that. Danny Daniel, where can people go to learn about your museum, dear? I tried to make it easy and interesting. It's the name of the museum. Museum of interesting things dot com or dot org. M-U-E-M-U-S-E-U-M-O-F-I-N-T-E-R-E-S-T-I-N-G-T-H-I-N-G-S.com dot C-O-M or O-N-G. Don't make me repeat it again. Did I get it, Danny? That was good. Good morning, Denny Daniel. Karen Simmons, where do you want people to go? I've got one minute to close. Veet, Veet. Okay. Karen Simmons, K-A-R-E-N-S-I-M-M-O-N-S dot com. And if they want to know about autism today, it's autism, A-U-T-I-S-M-T-O-D-A-Y dot C-O-M. Com. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for doing the spelling for me. I'm going to close. Don't go away. I want to sit around and talk to all of you for a couple minutes. So here's my closing. Listen up and get ready. I'm going to ask you to do something real fast with me. Life is short. Break the rules. Yes. Forgive quickly. I don't know. Kiss slowly. It's the only way. Denny, tell Abigail. I said kiss slowly. Love truly and laugh uncontrollably. Everybody laugh with me. One, two, three. <laughs> I always swear I should do that at the beginning of the show and I always forget. And never regret never regret anything that made you smile. Here we go. Work like you don't need the money because nobody cares. Dance like nobody's watching. But when I was teaching dancing on a table, a Formica table in a high school, cafeteria and high heels teaching disco everybody watch trust me sing like nobody's listening i didn't sing today you're all so lucky love like you've never been hurt because we all have get over it move on let your heart regenerate money talks chocolate sings and i stole this line from somebody else thank you for turning me on radio red saying goodbye guests don't go away bye Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host aka Radio Red again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool creative week. <laughs>